I acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people whose land I live, work, and play on. Miigwech. This is Umami Conversations, a podcast and community that offers unapologetically honest and therapeutic dialogue through the art of storytelling and mindfulness. I am your host, Agnes Apia, and I and my guests will delve into themes that explore the depths of this human experience. Um, We'll be challenging societal norms and shifting perceptions about issues that are often considered forbidding. This podcast is intended for open-minded women of African descent and their allies who appreciate meaningful conversation and are eager to absorb the wisdom of other women. Please join us as we share our narratives and embrace vulnerability in the effort to create a more compassionate and understanding world. We also kindly ask that you take a moment to leave a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback helps us improve and position us to reach a wider audience. This is Umami Conversation and enjoy this episode. Blessing. Today's episode, we have a chat with Stephanie Jones. Stephanie Jones is a makeup artist and self-love advocate that has a personal conviction to assist in the change within the beauty and film industry. Stephanie is pushed towards inclusivity for the next generation and to rethink the standards of beauty as we see it. Now, in this episode, um, Stephanie shares with us her journey, her story of overcoming body dysmorphia. For those that are unaware of what body dysmorphia is, it is a mental health condition where a person spends a lot of time worrying about their flaws and their appearances. It's more than just worrying. It's actually an absolute obsession. And from the conversation that I had with Stephanie, she describes it as looking into the mirror like you know when you go to the um to the zoo and you look in the mirror and sometimes there's mirrors that are like your body is warped a certain way that's how she saw herself and you know this story it's an emotional episode but it's also a very impactful and very powerful powerful conversation so please don't listen to it by yourself share it with a friend or two share it with your mama and your cousin share it with everyone that is around you that you know they need to hear this because you're not only going to hear a story but you're going to be transformed okay (laughs) so enjoy this episode this is overcoming body dysmorphia a journey of resilience self-acceptance and growth with stephanie jones ah stephanie 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 um at long last you know i have you here on the umami conversation podcast i want to say welcome um thank you for honoring this invitation stephanie and like we were talking in the beginning this uh recording i was sharing a bit of like when i started to follow you and you know as i said i just saw a beautiful black woman and i was like oh she sounds really cool let me just follow her um but as i followed i realized like you didn't just have physical beauty but the beauty was really from within and one of the stories that you shared that touched me so much was you know your challenges with body i hope i say the word right dysmorphia yeah body dysmorphia this season season four we are talking about all things body mind and soul and just the interconnectivity of it and the things that affect us as human and i felt like your story would one inspire a lot of people and also to shed light on body dysmorphia dysmorphia i see i can't say the word properly because i haven't i've yeah. heard of it it's not as popular as when you hear like an anorexia you know as a another body um, disorder and mm-hmm. i really wanted us to kind of dive in into into your story and um you know help somebody out there um that might have been experiencing or is experiencing this to let them know that one they're not alone um right. and that there's somebody like Stephanie Jones that has experienced it too. I'm sure there has been. Um, yeah. 
what was the genesis of this condition? You know, a lot of times when we talk about mental health or like mostly mental health, emotional, um, emotional health or mental illness, you'll hear it's either um, generational or mm-hmm. either due to trauma. Um, there's there's different reasons why um, body um, there's there's chemical imbalance. There's so many reasons. Uh, do you have an idea of how it all started for you? When did you realize that, ooh, there's a disconnect here between what I see when I look at myself in the mirror? Right. So I want to say, like, it started early on in life. Um, I always had a full-figured body growing up. Curvy girl, Caribbean island gal. Mm-hmm. Um so as early as the second grade, where I believe you're around seven or eight years old, I noticed that my body was extremely different from my classmates. I was always the tallest. I was always the biggest. And to be very transparent, like I got my cycle in the third grade and my body was already like very shapely. And so I would get picked on a lot, bullied, all that stuff. And that to my mental was just like, okay, there's something wrong with me because mm. I don't look like everyone Susie else. who is, you know, stick thin, blonde hair, blue eyes. And also on top of that, I was, there was diversity in my school, but we were very, we were treated very differently. And, you know, I didn't have a positive school experience growing up. So mm. I never had that. I had that safe space at home, but I didn't have that safe space where I'm at school a majority of my day. I didn't have teachers advocating for me. If I was picked on, they were just like, well, deal with it. You bigger than all of them. So figure it out. Um, So it was definitely at those very formative years, I always felt that I wasn't safe or no one would have me have my back. Um, So when it came to body dysmorphia, I I don't want to say for myself, it wasn't a chemical imbalance. It was just the way I literally saw my world around the world around me and how I didn't fit in. And at that young age, of course, you see it as a negative thing. You mean you're watching shows that don't exemplify you or show you. So you're telling yourself, all these stories, all these all stories, these stories, narratives, and so it just continued to progress um, as I got older. I eventually stopped getting picked on, but I just took on this narrative or this character, mm-hmm. if I want to say, as like you know, just a funny big black girl. Like if you're don't pick on me, I'll be funny. Don't pick on me, I'll I'll make you laugh. Just don't do it. And so I carried on that narrative, you know, throughout high school and college and all of that until I want to say in my early 20s, that's when I'm just like, no, Steph, like we got to get come to grips with this. Mm. What is this? Because I would look into the mirror. I hated the fact that I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw. But when people would talk to me, they're like, oh, no, you're this, you're beautiful, you're that. And I'm like, what are you seeing? Yeah. When you say you didn't like what you saw, mm-hmm. is it that like you saw Stephanie Jones or did you literally, were you seeing, were you seeing yourself or were you seeing something totally different from your image? I was seeing something totally different from my image. Wow. It's almost like the best way I describe it, especially with um, the way I perceive body dysmorphia, because everyone perceives it differently. Yeah. But it's almost like when you go into a, go to a circus and you know, they have those mirrors where they warp your view. Oh, I saw myself. Wow. So I didn't see curves that were beautiful or black skin, dark skin that was beautiful. I'm just like, I look horrible. And I believed that. I took that in and I, I believed it and I created a version of myself where I can just coexist in the world rather than thriving in what God has called me to be. I'm getting emotional. and <laughs> We haven't even gotten anywhere yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And you know, the, the, the sad part is by the age of seven, you know, a lot of times 
we were very our, our minds are still very creative and imagine mm-hmm. like you know we're imagining things so from such a young age being able to kind of create and and also like distinguish the fact that I am different I am yeah. not like these people and because I'm not like these people they're treating me as such it's yeah it breaks my heart it really breaks my heart that young black women you know young black girls um have to experience that because honestly a lot of us are bigger than you know well now now this generation is totally different because i've been seeing some some other races and they they they're picking up on you know our body the way our bodies are are shaped so it's like okay what are y'all eating but i could understand back in the days where cuz for me um like I, as i mentioned to you i grew up in montreal and mm-hmm. In school, we were we were mainly mainly black, yeah. And all when I say all the black girls, all the black girls were thick and tall. Like mm-hmm. I had a friend; she was probably in when I was in like grade four. She was either in grade five. Homegirl was like maybe five six already. She yeah. was tall. She was big. Like she she was ready and set. Like <laughs> quote unquote for marriage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just saying. Like home homegirl yeah. was just like you know. So on my end at that age, I had that. You know, I, I saw women or girls that looked like me. So there right. was a bit of comfort in that but not being able to see anyone anyone right school was definitely <clears throat> that for me i didn't see anyone that looked like me like if you look at my class pictures i stuck out like a sore thumb i was like black girl okay hey. because i was when i was in the back i was like but you know thank god i will say this thank god for my family Thank God for what they instilled inside of me, yeah. you know, growing up in the Caribbean, like we're, we're thick madams, like we are yeah. thick, we're healthy looking. Yeah. And so seeing that in my sister and in my mother, that was super important to me. And then also having my church community where you see curvy women and that was okay. I could see that on the weekend or when I come home from school, but what's replaying in my ear all the time is what I'm seeing at school and then also social media and what I'm watching. Yeah. So that was taking up space in my mental because I remember when, when I was in high school and I told my dad and my dad, he's like my biggest cheerleader. I love him to death. And he, I I told him that I wanted to try plus size modeling. Mm. It's like, yes, you can do it. Absolutely. And then we started looking at um, certain agencies and then the imposter syndrome and the fear and the body dysmorphia literally started to seep in again. I'm like, never mind. It's it's okay. I, I, mm -mm, no. Let me just, I'm good. Be in my corner and mind my own business. Exactly. Because I'm already preparing for rejection. Rejection is one of those things that crippled. And to be very transparent in this conversation at times still does creep its way in, mm-hmm. comes to certain decisions or relationships or what have you. I prepare myself for the worst. And I used to do that a lot more because I allowed that body dysmorphia to dictate how I perceived things would come to me, mm-hmm. how God would bless me and how, you know, I would sometimes think like, you know, God, like you can bless me with this, but are, am I going to be able to keep it or is it going to leave mm-hmm. me? And so, of course, that came with uh, overcoming that came from continually having an open relationship with God. And I'm very open on my my platform, who I stand for. It's me and Jesus, G-O-D, we, we <laughs> love. And if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, I we worked on that relationship together and he taught me who he is to me, I don't know if I, I would not be where I am right now mm. to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I totally hear you. So basically, it wasn't just the body, but it affected your your mind. It oh, affected your soul. Yeah, it affected every single part of you. Yeah, you know, in the beginning, you spoke about like different um, coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. um, such as the 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 funny black girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want to understand a bit of how did that relationship, how did that 
how do those coping mechanism or the the strategies that you put it you put into place um, helped you because it it pushed you to keep going right although it wasn't necessarily you it mm-hmm. still pushed you in a way so what what was it about it that just had you like you know just keep going kept going yeah so in school I started my love for theater and acting and all of that and singing. So super shy, but I would perform and I could see based off of my performance, people laughing, people like, you know, enjoying my jokes while I was performing. And then to me, I'm just like, hey, this is great because they're not making fun of me or anything like that. So let me just continue on with this. So Mm. even after drama class or any type of performance I did, I just continued that character because I saw the response that it give and I was just like, okay, this is good. Let's, let's just keep it going. And you did that for how many years? Ooh, I did that from the, I want to say from the seventh grade. Cause that's when I really started to tap into my gift of theater. Um, seventh grade up until like college. Wow. So that's years of just continually just having that, that persona. Because it was a safeguard for me. Do you not think that it was maybe because, you know, people talk about like their alter ego, you know, to help (laughs) them get into places. I don't know how much you like believe or, you know, resonate with with that. Um, But do you not feel that that was maybe an alter ego that was showing up? I, I can see that standpoint, but I for some reason, yes, maybe in that space. I could see it as an alter ego. But when I look at it now, now that I'm 100% myself, Mm. I see that as a defense mechanism, 100%. Because even when I was feeling at my lowest, I still went to her. I still went to that alter ego, if you want to call it that. Because, yeah, I, I wasn't myself. I could still be crying. I remember not having the best thoughts of being here and still smiling through it and no one can know and so that's why I'm glad that I I encourage everyone you know when and I can always pick up when people have that alter ego when you know some people are just super super happy and just really peppy and I'm just like this is not genuine happiness what's going on here let let's dive a little bit into that and I'm that friend when you're just like yeah I'm like wait a minute (laughs) let's have a conversation sis (laughs) Like, okay, like once you perform in front of those people, okay, cool. I'm gonna pull you aside and be like, what's going on? Stop playing with me. I totally hear you. I I don't know. I, I sometimes feel it I don't want to make it as if like you know it's a black girls thing. Mm. But I sometimes feel that in the society that we live in, yeah, we sort of have to have another personality we sort of have to we don't have to we don't have to we play it off as you know we're the giggly the funny girl the the you know because we don't want to be tagged as the angry girl (laughs) you know we don't want to be tagged as you know Mm -hmm. the like whatever names that they give black girls or black women or whatnot right so lately I've been I've been actually thinking about that a lot as to the way that even for myself, the way that I show up in the world, you know, um, a lot of people know me as, or those that knew me as somebody that's very like loud and not loud in a, in a bad, in a bad sense, but like, I'm the life of the party. Like when I arrive at a place, like the the party's getting down, like, you know, we're, we're celebrating. Yes. And you know, life, life happens. And I realized that I kind of slowed down on being that person. But then there Mm -hmm. were moments where when I was around specific people, that personality, that part of me would just like show up, you know, just like you mentioned. And I've been thinking about it and I was like, hold on a minute, is this really me? Or is it that I feel like I need to be this perky person all the time or this Agnes, you know, like the, the the fun one or, or whatnot. Like, why do I need to do that all the time? Why, right. why can't I just enter into a space and be cool and collected? Because sometimes I really just want to slide in and, and just in a little corner and just be and feel I the know. vibes and that's it, you know? But when certain people are used to 
that quote unquote alter ego of yours, mm-hmm. it's like when you start acting a little different or actually not different, when you start acting as yourself or who you know yourself to be, they start right. questioning you like, are you okay? Is everything fine? Are you sure you're good? And like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm perfect. Yeah. Like I'm living my best life, guys. <laughs> levels to it. There are. There's- and because we're always evolving as human beings, you having that calm side to you, as well as that spontaneous side of you, it's completely normal. I have friends where I can be just chill and we can just be on the couch watching a movie and just, you know, just chill. And then there's another friend circle that I'm just like, I'm like okay, like, like we're ready to go. And that's okay too, because... Mm. Feeding that inner child, I feel like that inner child that's always like, you know, let's let's explore, let's yeah. let's see the world, and that's okay. I think the problem is when we feel like we always have to be that. Yes. When we always have to be this person. And I think that society and sometimes the people that have known us for a number of uh, a number of years, they don't allow us the grace to evolve past what they have known us as I think that's the the issue and when you know you get the questions of like are you okay and I'm like yeah like I'm just want to be calm right now I just want to take it in like you were saying um I think that's the problem and I think that's when we have to evaluate our friend circle because that's Mm -hmm. when you kind of have to see and be honest with yourself if you have kept a a friendship that is seasonal versus rooted. Ooh, come on, talk about I that. I think that's an important thing to think about. If I can't evolve to my next level, to where God is calling me to be, whether it be my personality and my spiritual life or what have you, and you're not along the ride with me and you're just like, ooh, like you're changing up. That's when I'm like, hmm, is the season up? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't to be this dramatic like oh we're over but it's more of like a okay like I see God taking you this way and I'm going this way and when I see you I'm going to be like like whatever you're exactly. doing I'm gonna pick you up but exactly. in this time we gotta That's do what split. God is calling us to do and that may be that it's not together well <laughs> well mm. season and time season oh, and time so, and like this is what I'm learning about God and learning about just life in general, the seasons and the timings of God, and also the pivots, the pivots of God. Like you need to understand and be sensitive, not to what God has said before, but what he's saying right now, Now. right now. In the moment. Forward, you're not going back. In the present moment. In the present moment, 100%. What is God saying to you right now? Mm. What God is saying to me right now is to be present right now. Like I'm a very futuristic person. So if he gives me a vision, because sometimes what God does when he's speaking to us is that he will tell us the end from the beginning. Mm. He will tell you, okay, this is what I got for you. And you're just like, wow, like, yes, like, I believe it. Thank you, Jesus. But then you still have that in-between process that you have to walk out. And sometimes that feels like you are blind, but you're just like walking by faith. And that in-between process, that's when you are being refined and your Mm. care being refined in order to attain what God said about that end thing. Mm. Because whatever the gift is, whatever the blessing is, he wants to make sure that you're at a place character-wise to be able to hold it. That's right. And not and not fumble the bag. Yeah. Or he wants to make sure that your character is in check. Yeah. Because sometimes pe- God can give you a blessing, but then your character completely destroys, destroys it. it. Your lack of humility, pride, whatever the case is. So that in-between process, he's just like, let me, let me, let me sift some things out of you. And sometimes that's friendship circles. Sometimes that's certain behaviors that were adapted from those friendship circles. You know, when you hang out with a lot of people after a certain amount of time, you start sounding like them. You start using the same verbiage as them. And you're just like, hold on. Yeah. (laughs) Let me just take a step back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was so beautiful. So, um, okay. Let's let's go back to um, when you were the, the moment in your 20s. 
when you told yourself, hold up, Stephanie, there's an issue here. Yeah. And we need to fix this. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, what caused you to recognize the issue at that particular time? And then what are the steps or the strategies or the you know, whatever, like the steps that you took in order to um, disconnect or dissociate yourself from um, this body dysmorphia? Okay. So I'm going to take it back two years before I entered my 20s. So when I was about 18. So this was a very pivotal moment for me to come to the awareness that I needed to address some things within myself. So when, after I graduated high school, um, I was so committed to being an actress, theater, all of that. So I applied to all of the theater schools in Toronto and I was ready to go. I was ready to just blow up because I knew what my reason was, what my why was. Mm-hmm. And I was so passionate about it. So I did my audition for one of the top choices that I wanted and I didn't get it. I was like, <clears throat> like, oh my gosh. And typically after your audition, the professors do not talk to you at all. Like they go to the next room where they're doing the the callbacks for the other ones that went through. Mm. And so I was sitting down in the foyer crying asking myself why, like critiquing my performance, my monologue that I did. I'm just like, oh my God, what did I do? And I'm waiting for my my dad and my sister to pick me up because they came with me. And one of the professors that was in my audition room, she stopped and she looked at me and she said, Stephanie, do not give up. Do not give up on this gift. And then she, because she knew that she wasn't supposed to talk to me. So she kept moving. And so I'm just like, okay, do not give up on this gift. But like, if you know that I'm talented, why didn't you let me through? Like, sis. I'm like, I'm like what's going on? I, I don't understand. Thank you for that motivational speech. But right? uh, it, it wasn't I didn't come from motivational speech. Right. And so I cried even more because I'm just like, don't give up. Like, what? And so, but I went back home. And I, I was so like, I was bitter. I'm going to like all of the rooms of change. I was bitter. And I went and took a course in college that I wasn't passionate about, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be good at it because you know, I'm Hey, let's do it. Got to go to school. There's no one year off in a Caribbean household, like go to school, going to school. (laughs) Yeah. And so while I was doing that, I was still doing theater on the side and, you know, working on my craft. And then one day it just hit me what her words were saying. And then I sat down with God and I was just like, okay, she said, don't give up on your gift. You gave me this gift, God. Why is it that I didn't get through? Cause I never asked him like the two years passed. I never asked him. I was just upset. And I asked him like, why didn't I get through? And he said, if you entered that room or in that industry with not dealing with what I want to deal with you on, the body dysmorphia, the way you see yourself, that industry would have eaten you up. Alive. Alive. And we see it now when we look on social media and we see certain people, unfortunately, go down this horrible rabbit hole. Yeah. They weren't processed yet. Ooh. You see, God wants is more concerned about processing you before you get that thing that you've mm-hmm. been praying for. And so when he gave me that revelation, I sat down with myself because I remember telling my mom, like, mom, I'm going to move to L.A. one day and this, that. And she's like, all right, girl, like Sim Sima. <laughs> Who got the keys to my bimba? <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember and God just reminded me, he's like, Stephanie, everything that I said to you is going to happen. But you're in this season that in between. I need you to deal with that. And that's when I started taking radical steps of truly seeing me Mm. and who God has called me to be. But also when I look in the mirror, do I like me? (laughs) 
Growing up, I was under the impression that public speaking was for anyone and everyone. But it's not until in college when one of the students who was a basketball player at that time had to do a oral presentation and homie was sweating bullets and he was shaky. And that was the first time that I ever saw somebody have so much trouble speaking in public. My second encounter was in church when one of the leaders at church was asked to give a word. And when I tell you that the word was totally off, (laughs) it was totally off. And you could tell the public speaking was not part of their strength. See, I share this not to, you know, make these individuals look bad. But I share this to let you know that my ability to engage a crowd, my ability to catch a crowd's attention and to make them feel at home and enjoy the night is a gift. And it's a gift I realized that's been passed on from my grandparents to my uncles to myself. I am Agnes Apia, and I am not only your host, but I am a bilingual MC. The Umami Conversation podcast has been sponsored forever since it started by my personal brand, the Agnes Apia brand. And I would like to offer a 15% discount to anyone that is looking for an MC. My website is www.agnesapia.com. Book a time where we could talk and meet and see if we are the perfect fit. My goal is to make sure that your event is mesmerizing, breathtaking, and a whole lot of fun. So book me for your next wedding, women's event, or corporate event at agnesapia.com. go on any stage or before I have become who I am now in my artistry and, you know, built what I've built and I'm all glory to God. He needed to make sure that I was at a place within my mind, within my heart, my spirit towards how I viewed myself. And those radical steps were even just as simple as declaring what God says about me. And so that's for me, that's getting into the word of God. Mm -hmm. God me fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the apple of his eye. And looking at myself and knowing that he created me and he said that I'm a good thing. Mm. I'm a good thing. And I would just repeat that, like, I'm a good Good thing. thing. And those are such simple words. But when you look at yourself naked and you're just like, I'm a good thing point blank period. You don't have to modify yourself to look like anybody else. You're a good thing, Stephanie. You're a good talk. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I started to repeat that and pray and really just like, I literally felt the scales just come off of my eyes. Did you believe it when you started repeating those words? Did you believe that you were a good thing? I did it. Mm-mm. At first I didn't. I'm just like, okay, this is the word of God. Okay. The word is life. It's true. And I believed it for everybody else, except for me. It's so, uh I believe it for everybody else. And of course I was that friend that would encourage and be like, no girl, you're beautiful. You're this, you're that. But when the tables were turned, I'm like, "Uh, no, I believe that for my friend over there. Not, not for me. And that's when God was just like, no, I need you to believe it for yourself because when you believe it for yourself and you embody that, that's when you can lose other people. See, a lot of people motivate other people based, and they're in a deficit themselves. And that's when we have mental breakdowns and all of that. God wants to fill you up. So when people benefit from your life and from your calling, they're benefiting off of the overflow, not off the things that you need for you. So I, at first, when I started speaking those words, I didn't believe it. But then as I started to continually speak it and I started to write and journal and declare things over myself, even if I didn't see it, I just, I just continued until literally one day I literally saw myself and I'm like, you're kind of cute. And then it's just started to progress. And I'm like, no, Stephanie, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. And it's beyond physical adornment. It's you, your heart is beautiful. At your core. And that's thing that matters because you you can see gorgeous people mm-hmm. working beauty and film you can see gorgeous people but their hearts aren't right they nasty right. sorry to say they nasty right and i'm just like oh because as the bible says charm is like beauty is fleeting yeah but a it's woman deceitful. that she shall be praised shall like be get, your right, get your heart right boo get your heart right, right. 
And, you know, when you talk about get your heart right, um, especially right now on social media, I feel like since 2020, there is like for me, I let my social media manager handle my accounts. Yes. I'm not I don't think I have the capacity to be on social media. And one of the reasons why is that, you know, a lot of us women, we have these gifts where we could identify a lie. (laughs) (laughs) identify fakeness and Mm -hmm. I think what it was for me is I would you know I'll create something and I know what I put out there is really amazing Mm -hmm. and then I'll see somebody else that created something but it's so it's not it's not from that deep place it's not from within it's just something they probably read and they're just good at like you know speaking it out and they just didn't but the number of followers they have is like what the what are y'all following? Like, I don't understand. And I had trouble with that. You know, I had child. I take so many breaks. Listen, take all the breaks that you need because it's your heart. It's your spirit. I'm like, you know what? This thing is like too much for me, too much overloads. There's so much going on in this social media world. And I also feel like it also affects a lot of these young girls that are out there that thinks that you know, doing a TikTok challenge is the way to go. Like looking a certain way is the way to go. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, not necessarily, you know, during my time when I was growing up, we didn't have, social media wasn't there, you know, like I think MSN, it's not, yeah, you know, back in the day, yeah. (laughs) I think I started with like MSN, Napster, just these, you know, when it was slowly like creeping in, but the Mm -hmm. intensity that it's at right now and the speed that it's going, a lot Mm -hmm. of our young women are absorbing information that are harming them instead of actually feeding them, where they're not actually taking the time for themselves because a lot of them, we just on our phones. We're like every day, we're just there on our phones. My husband asked me last time, are you addicted to your phone? I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not. Like every time I turn around, you're on your phone. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not addicted to my phone. <laughs> but I, I had to sit down and I had to take a minute and be like, yeah, maybe I am spending a little bit too much time on here. Maybe yeah. I am, even as a grown woman, maybe I am looking at other people's posts and views and bodies and houses. Mm-hmm. Me, it's the houses. Okay. Like you could see some houses and yeah. Really and then you house like that. Yeah. And you start blaming and you start like shaming yourself for being in your own setting. Like mm-hmm. knowing that this is a blessing. This is something that you prayed for. Yeah. Prayed. We, we live in a very different world in different times. And for me, I think that's one of the reasons why I actually want to have these type of conversations because mm-hmm. it's like, let's, let's put aside our mask. Yeah. Let's put all of that aside and let's be real. And let's talk about the reality of things that we experience as humans. You know, um, I want to kind of segue into a different space right now, talking about social media. So there's women like um, Lizzo, mm. strong women, like mm. that is very, like her presence is felt like, I don't necessarily listen to her music yeah. or anything, but she's, She's just like, you can't miss her. Like you cannot, you cannot miss her. Right. And one of the things about her that I I totally appreciate is the fact that she is, she talks a lot about like body positivity and the importance of just being you like, like, this is who I am. Um, What you say, it's not going to hinder and it's not going to hinder anything about me. And I see some young women around me um that kind of gravitate towards that message you know of body positivity but (laughs) I still feel like there should be some kind of what's the word I'm looking for is it modesty yeah I feel like when I say modesty it's it sounds so like grandmother like long skirt you know prudent yeah okay yeah there has to be some type of because you know I've had experiences with young girls that you know are talking about body positivity and all of that stuff but sis you're like half naked right now like why do you need to be half naked in order to say that again in order to showcase body positivity exactly and 
I I'm I'm trying to understand it. <laughs> I'm really trying to understand it. And I just yeah. want to know like what is your views on that? So at my core, I'm a church girl. Okay. And I was raised that you you, like, you don't have to have everything out on display. Actually, leave a little bit of mystery. Okay. Cause at the end of the day, if you're wearing a bodycon dress that's a turtleneck, they're gonna see that you got a body. Yeah. Point blank period. And this is not too like because everyone has their expression with their outfits and their adornment. Mm-hmm. I think we need to check in with ourselves a little bit more as to why we feel that we need to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think social media definitely plays a huge aspect of it. I love me some Lizzo. Mm-hmm. I watch her show, watch out for the big girls, like maybe three times. And I got emotional all three times. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. And I think I could be wrong, but I think her method is to kind of combat what the world and society thinks about how full-figured women should adorn themselves. Because, you know, you have the more slender women who can wear what she's wearing, Mm -hmm. hear nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Someone with a little bit more curve and a little bit more body. Mm -hmm. It's a goodness. Mm -hmm. And trying to combat that. Mm -hmm. Why is it good for her, but not good for me? Mm -hmm. And I think this generation of young women, they're radical. They're just like, Hey, like I want equality and I'm here for it. I think if you look back on your actions or if you think about your actions after the day and you're just like, Ooh, I feel uncomfortable with that. Or there's that little bit of that. Ooh, I think that's when you need to question if it's for you. Listen, my stance is always going to be more of the modest way. And you know what? Let me put myself out on front street. I tried, tried to do the most. And especially when I started to gain the confidence in my body and who I am, I I tried to wear outfits that, you know, I didn't grow up wearing mm. or I wasn't encouraged to wear because, you know, modesty is always the best policy. Mm. So <laughs> I like tried that. and it didn't sit right in my spirit. Mm. And it before anyone says, oh, it's because you were conditioned or programmed that way. Yeah. No, because I, I broke out of that that mm-hmm. mentality a long time ago, mm-hmm. but it just didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Because sometimes I notice with young girls that I mentor, they do this for the applause of man. And when I say man, I'm not just talking about people, gender. I'm talking about actual men. Because they're looking for that that cat call. Some people not. They're just yeah. like, no, I'm doing it for myself. I'm not I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the individuals who may, especially if it's this movement with plus size women wearing whatever they want, go for it. But a lot of stories with plus size women is that they weren't seen by men. Yeah. And so now that they can wear these clothes that are like, hey, I'm giving, I'm showing you what I got. Mm got the stuff they 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 want that applause and that's why the process of healing is so important because you need to see these these trigger points and be like okay i'm really looking for validation from people right now why why do i need that do i not feel that i'm enough why don't i feel that i'm enough let's dig into that rather than you know the adornment that we we choose that's my stance on it though. Thank you I know so some much. people will be like, no, like expression. Yes, expression. But sure. if I'm all about the expression, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you are using the expression for the validation of people, mm. that's when you have to check yourself. If you're because using the expression go, for the validation of people, you got to check yourself, check your motive. Check your intention, even people like, and that can be, that statement can be for anything. You can be a motivational speaker and, you know, you can look at what you're doing as you're helping other people, but really deep down, you want the applause of people mm. and, oh, you're such an inspiration. I've seen people do that. Like, oh, thank you. The the fake humility. Mm. And that's check yourself. I'm just like, no, am I really wanting to help people or am I looking for people to feel like they need me? Mm. They need my 
Because at the end of the day, if you're a motivational speaker or if you're anything to influence a body of people, you want to make sure that for me, you're directing them to the source. Straight on. Okay, I'm going to give you this word and I don't want you to look at me as that person, that beacon of light. I inspire you to go to the throne. Go to God so you can get more revelation because that's where I went. Mm. So um, I would love for us to segue our way down to healing. You spoke about healing. Mm-hmm. Um, you did share that, you know, you have a very tight relationship with God and he's been part of your process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all started off with the word of God. And, um, you know, these affirmations that you started to believe in. Could you, were there any other healing modalities that was used during this process of, you know, stepping away from this uh, mental health challenge um, that you had? Uh, I know that you said for you it wasn't like a chemical imbalance or anything like that. Um, but what else helped mm-hmm. you? kept you going you know um i i grew up in a in 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 a in a christian home i went Mm -hmm. to church i was a sunday school teacher i did it all hey (laughs) yeah i did it all and i still have that relationship with god um i just think i'm just in a space in my life right now where i'm trying to understand life in a different angle and i know that there are other people also that do listen that Mm -hmm. probably have different um belief systems or whatnot Mm -hmm. i personally believe that healing is really like when i was going through my healing process which i'm still going in through was a moment where god told me that i was too busy looking for someone else to heal me Mm. but then healing was already given to me was it's 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 mine it's It's there i just need to know how to tap into it right so when I do anything, I always want to mention that there is a higher power. That that's one thing that yeah. no matter what anyone tells me, <laughs> there is a great intelligence, higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, that is out there, that is willing and that wants to see mm-hmm. you heal and whole. Mm-hmm. So I think what I was trying what I'm trying to say with everything here is um with the word of God. And that relationship that you had, was there any other steps? Was there anything else that he led you towards um, that has made you who you are right now? Um, Definitely therapy. Uh, So I definitely did um, therapy. I did more of the Christian therapy, just like to have that faith base. So if I spoke about certain things, they would understand. understand. Yeah. Um, I did that a few sessions of that. I have done um life coaching as well because i noticed that because of my lack of belief system in myself in terms of my career goals i stunted myself because there was that imposter syndrome so the life coach definitely helped shout out to coach esther um she was she's been absolutely amazing um so I have utilized that journaling has been a huge portion of me. Um, I'm an avid writer, avid writer. I listen, I, I will write up in that book or if I'm on the run, then it will be up in my notes. Mm-hmm. And because God is always consistently speaking and you, we just need to listen. So I have my notes. I, I write that down and I reread them in order to get that word back into me and just repeat that. Um, and also having a strong friend circle is huge. Community. I have various different friend circles because of my career. It's just like, okay, I got, you know, the makeup artist over here. I got, (laughs) and it's great to have different friend circles because, you know, when it comes to business, you can talk about certain things in your artistry and your field. When it comes to the areas of emotion and spirit, it's a tighter circle. Yeah. It's a tighter circle. And I like it that way because I'm huge on who speaks life into you. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So I, I don't want people speaking things that are against what I know God is doing. Mm. And you have to be very protective of that. You have to be yeah. protective of your heart. Um, so that has been a huge, huge help for me. 
and also platforms like this just to watch podcasts that are edifying and you know they make you think outside the box like oh I didn't see that perspective I think that's super super important like there's a question I have and I don't want to go there and I'm just like no I <laughs> ask, ask I got you <laughs> so you're, you're you're a makeup artist yeah okay and um as a makeup artist, mm-hmm. have you ever felt or, okay, maybe my question should be, did you get into this field? Was, was it, was it, um, how do I want to ask this question? Like did body dysmorphia led you towards being a makeup artist? I think, yes. yeah, it did. Yes. Short answer. Yes. Um, I'm so glad you asked that because a lot of people think I just got into it because I was good and yes, I'm good. Very good. I'll let you girl. Um, But the reason behind it was because I was trying to find that circle of people or that community. And I noticed how when people put on makeup, how it would just change their, their whole confidence level. So I started getting into it. And then when I started to pursue it as a profession, I was convinced like back in the day, it was like Mac. Mac was like that. Yeah. Come Mac on. was it. Yeah. But that, that was it. Right. And so I said to myself, if I could get a job at Mac, then I could be considered one of those pretty girls. And I'm being so honest with you. And so I got into Mac eventually after two tries and you know, I worked my way up, you know, management, all that worked at in management at um, LVMH. And I'm so grateful for all of those opportunities because it showed me a different side to business, but also the beauty industry, mm. because I see that there is so much work to be done. And it's only when there is tragedy that we realize, okay, we need to be more inclusive and more more diversity within the beauty industry. That's when I find that we start making those moves towards having deeper shades or things like that. Like, okay, like this happened, George Floyd happened. Okay, let's 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 do this. Yeah. But imagine a world or a beauty community where everybody can come in and everyone can feel included. Yeah. And I knew that with the way my life, the way my journey has been, I didn't feel included. And so when I started to own my craft and it started to not become about being a part of something, but in fact, embracing the fact that it's okay to be different. It's beautiful to be different. And you know what? I thank God that I don't fit in. I really do. Stand out. It helps and it, it, it you don't need to fit into every single group system because what if God is calling you to be that change in the system? Mm. If everybody mm. is going in the same direction and there's no change and there's still a body of people that don't feel included within such a multi-billion dollar industry, we have a problem. Black women, the the beauty industry is a multi-billion dollar industry because of the black dollar. Come on, say it loud for the people in the back now. Because of the black dollar, because we've been told countless times, whether it be childhood, and yes, we can take it all the way back to slavery because that stuff still follows us. You know, if you're darker than a brown paper bag, then, ooh, girl, like we don't have your shade or you're not enough. And so we're pining and running after this standard of beauty that we were never meant to fit in. Mm. You were never meant to fit into the standard of beauty because we are the standard. Respectfully. We are the standard respectfully and i'm going to say this in a way like everybody's absolutely beautiful but when you look at the way social media just tying it back into social media and the beauty industry when you look at the way you have these influencers and all of these models or what have you and you see, you're talking about you know a lot of them are taking our body shape 
then it makes you question like, was I the standard this whole time? And I didn't, I slept on myself. They lied I to us. Myself, but the world saw it. If they saw but they it. they didn't want to see it. Mm-mm. No. So my job as an ambassador for the beauty industry and as a self-proclaimed love, self-love advocate, mm. I want women, Black women to know just how worthy they are. Amen. They are absolutely flawless, even with their flaws. It's just magic. You don't have to try. You don't have to, to do the most. You don't have to be the loudest in the room. You can just walk into a room and heads turn like, who are you? And we get uncomfortable with that. Cause like, why are people looking at me? I used to do that all the time. Why are people looking at me? Oh my God. Am I doing something awkward? Cause I, sometimes I can be a little bit awkward, but am, am I, like, what, what, what's going on? Could it just be that your spirit, your, your light, your beauty is just so captivating that the room has to stop and just appreciate. If we start seeing ourselves from that standpoint and going back to the fact that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. No wonder they have to stop and look. I would stop and look too. <laughs> I stop and look all the time. Like, honestly, I'm the type of person, if I see a Black woman and she's Ed. looking fine, I will tell you, like, Sick. yeah, <laughs> we, we have to. And, and, and another thing I just want to add to everything that you said is I think it's also important that we as Black women affirm one another in that continuously, continuously. Yes. We have the world telling us that we're not enough, even though they're jacking our style, our bodies, and so many various different things, like anything that they can get. But affirming each other, there's nothing like it. When I get a compliment from a Black woman, a Black man, like, yo, quit, you look good. It hits you. It hits you in, in, in a spot where it just, it's different. Exactly. Especially when the narrative of the love stories that we see within movies, it doesn't include Black women like that. It doesn't. It doesn't include the Black woman like that. If we're included in the narrative of a story, it's either that we're the loudest. The craziest. And like we don't have any substance to that role. Yeah, It's just like big, funny Black girl, like, ooh. Ha ha. Yeah. No, there's more to us as Black right. women. We have depth. Yeah. We have a vulnerability like no other. The world has tried to stifle it. But we have, when we open up, we bloom. Mm. We bloom and we turn into this beautiful garden that continuously feeds the world. That's who we are. So, yeah, Queen, I see you. I see you and whoever's listening to this and watching this, we see you. We see you. But the biggest thing is I want you to see yourself. Because when you see yourself, you walk differently. Yes. You can get a compliment. And yeah, that's nice. But when you know it for yourself. I know. Thank you. Respectfully. I know. Thank you. God bless. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. Mm. This was... Like the whole conversation, I was just goosebumps. Like I'm just holding back. I usually ask my my guests like if they have like last words of wisdom, but I feel like you you've said it all. You you've fed us today. You fed me. Amen. And there's a lot of things that you said today that. I've experienced not in the sense of like body um, dysmorphia but just in my own personal life and the way that I view myself. Cause mm-hmm. I used to be that motivational speaker or trying to be a motivational speaker. I, yeah. I'll, I'll motivate everybody. But then mm-hmm. when I go back in my home, I'm like condemning myself every single, every single second. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I used to create, I created this event I used to do for women. And in 2019 was the last day that I did the, that event. Cause I realized that, I'm doing this with these women and every woman is sharing, but one, I haven't shared my trauma. Mm. Two, I haven't dealt with my trauma. And three, I am still living in this trauma. 
Right. Let's deal with it. So I needed to stop and take care of myself and figure it out, you know, and we're back here with Umami and it's, it's a journey, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a journey, especially as, um, as black women, there is so much that we go through. And I, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story um, and for being vulnerable. Um, I want us to close this, but on a lighter note and on a more funnier note, I okay. do have um, questions um, that I'd love to ask you just three mm-hmm. random questions. Well, they, they're actually more like five because it's like one question has two in them. Me and my questions, but whatever. Um, my three random questions. My first one is, what is your favorite emoji? Or if you were an emoji, what would it look like? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with the two eyes. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm very expressive, as I'm sure you already saw. So my eyes tell a whole story without me saying a word so i'm just like i'm the big the big old eyes eyes. i love that i love that my second one is what music are you bumping to or podcasts are you tuning into Ooh, okay so podcast um i am listening to currently the called by torrey roberts and it talks about business and like Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Pastor Tori Tori yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was like, Tori. Well, <laughs> amazing. And music that I'm bumping to. I see. I'm I mix up everything. So one minute I can be feeling classical. Next minute I'm feeling, of course, gospel. But then I'll go through these when I'm doing cardio. Let me tell you something. Give me some compa. And also give me some New Orleans bounce music. That oh, I'll, I'll New Orleans bounce. Oh, okay, yeah. It just gets you going. It just gets you going. Hmm. It is one song that literally is on repeat. It's horrible. Um, it's not horrible. It's it's a vibe. Wiggalo. Wiggalo oh. is that what it's called? I'm gonna go listen to that. <laughs> it's. It's amazing. And Ooh. if you want to get like cardio done and yeah. like you're mm, get the mm, I started yeah. walking, so it's like, yeah. I, I usually like just listen to like podcasts or like meditation, but I'm like, girl, you, you need to like I don't Change know. I it feel, up. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm my sense of music has changed drastically. You mm-hmm. know, I, I used to be like, you know, dance hall and all like all of it, soca and all oh, of yeah. that. I still love it. I still love it. But yeah. nowadays I'm like, let's take things slow. Yeah, just let's calm down. <laughs> I'm really in that vibe. Okay, yo, but wiggle, right? I'm gonna go search for it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go search for it. Um, okay, last one. Pick a number from one to seven. Good. Thank God I didn't say seven because everybody be saying seven. Man. <laughs> Don't say seven. I feel like all the Christians, seven. I'm like, Yeah, you're just like. <laughs> um, okay, and these are really random questions, okay? This okay. one says, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? Hmm. What fruit would I be? Oh, my God. Okay, why am I thinking too hard on this? <laughs> The first thing that comes to mind, the first fruit. The first thing that comes to mind is pineapple. Mm. Pineapple. Why? Why pineapple? Well, when I look at a pineapple, I'm just like, you're so pretty. And then you're a little bit prickly, a little rough around the edges. That's how I describe myself sometimes. And then when you cut open that, and you're just like, oh, she's sweet. Oh, she's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Wow, Stephanie. So, girl, I don't even know how long we've been talking to be honest with you. It's been great. Though. It's been so amazing. Um, I I've been anticipating this time, and mm-hmm. it is more than what I expected. Like you've spoken so much life in me right now. You just you have no idea. Like a conversation that I was having last night. With my wow. husband, you you literally touched on so many things that I'm going through. And I'm like, wow. 
So um, that's when you know when a person is is true to who they are. And that's when you know when a sister is connected to a higher power. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll put like, uh, like I'm sure like people could find you on social media um, if ever they want to get connected, if you're open to to get connected. Um, is there anything specific that you're working on right now that you want to share um, before we close up? Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I have been so blessed by this. Thank you so much. Um, I just wrapped on a movie. It comes in waves. It's going to be so good with um, the director Fitch Jong okay. and it's going to be fantastic and in terms of what I'm working on now focusing on artistry focusing on just how to impact positively impact our community of black women and women in general, in general. but that black women I got y'all yeah we have a soft spot for ourselves like it's exactly um yeah so just really working on that and just really just resting in God. Um I know sometimes we're just like oh, I'm working on this and that and I am working on quite a few things but the biggest thing is that God wants me to be in a posture of rest in him and that could be for various different reasons it could be let me you need to rest before I take you off. So I'm Again, I'm just be obedient to what God is saying. And just resting in him because, listen, when he takes us off into whatever spaces he's calling us to, he wants to make sure that all systems are clear. I always use the analogy of a plane. And before that plane goes off the runway and takes off and ascends, you want to make sure the engine's good, all of the lights are working, every fixture is working before you take off. So I'm in that runway. I'm in that runway. I'm circling to make sure all systems are clear before whatever God says is time. And don't don't negate the the quiet season. Sometimes and especially with social media, we look at it as oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. No, you're exactly where you need to be. Oh yeah. I was supposed that. to start this season like last month. Mm. And I'm like, why, why, why are you rushing? Why? Yeah. Why? You know, I'm taking want- things slow. I'm when it's gonna yeah. be ready. Like, you know, the spirit of God told me the date that it should launch again. And I was like, okay. And the funny thing, when the date came to mind or mm. dropped in my spirit, I was like, is that a Wednesday? And then I go and I check my calendar. It's like, oh, you good. I was like, you're good. <laughs> it is a Wednesday. Good. He knows. He knows. So yeah, just be. Just rest in the season. And sometimes people think about rest as in physical sleep. No, yeah. it, it's a posture. posture. You don't have to be anxious for anything that God has called you to. It will come to you when it's time. On that note, <laughs> on that note, you don't have to be anxious about anything. Nope. Nope. Just I can rest. stay here forever, but okay, we got to go. I got to go get my baby. <laughs> I said I feel like I could just I could just listen to you like forever. Like you're amazing. I'm so blessed. Oh my god. Stephanie, bless your heart. Thank you for tuning in today. We encourage you to continue the conversation in our community of open-minded women. And we appreciate your support and feedback. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media at Instagram, Umami Conversation, or through our website at agnesapia.com. So until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep embracing the power of storytelling and mindfulness. Blessings.